location. Undisclosed. Access. Ready. Team Buck Headquarters. The safe haven. Where a radio signal transmits from the middle of nowhere. To the squad of patriots. This is the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Freedom Hut podcast. A little bit of uh, the insider hangout session that all of us can have uh, weekly here in in the hut. Uh, you know, I, I just want to give you a kind of quick update on all things down here in D.C. It's uh, it's coming along. I I did manage to uh, finally get a uh, a folding table to go with my mattress on the ground, so that's very exciting for me. Uh, and beyond that, I, I think we're we're starting to I'm starting to make the swamp home. Uh, Miss Miss Molly's coming down in a, in a couple of weeks. Going to be very very exciting stuff. I, I do want to get right to it though. This week we have two special guests. Uh, one is the 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 wonderful, the talented, the perfectly infamous in all the best ways on the left. Uh, the phenomenal Ann Coulter is joining us for uh, just a freewheeling conversation about everything. And then, because of all the stuff going on with Putin and Russia and NATO, our special Kremlin correspondent, Comrade Commie Bear, will be with us. Please do make sure you subscribe to this podcast, so that you uh, share it with some friends, post it to your Facebook page, get the word out about it. And without further ado, we'll bring you the one and only Ann Coulter. You all know who she is. She's Fox News. She's uh, 13 times best-selling author, and I actually, I, I legitimately cannot keep up. I, I, I know a bunch of them are number one bestsellers. What's the total number? Why, thank you. And actually, now that you say that, I, can, I think, I don't remember if it's 12 or 13. <laughs> She's written so many bestsellers, she can't remember. Now I feel better about it. I, yeah, one... I know. I should know that, because I have a new book coming out August 21st, Resistance is Feudal, How the Trump-Hating Left Lost Its Collective Mind. I think that's number 13 of my books. I, I already love it, by the way. The, it's the really title good. has... You're really going to like it. You had me at Resistance is Feudal. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. So, and, you know, we, we've got a, a couple of things this week. I mean, I do want to ask you at, at the more macro level also, you know, in, in your career of, of punditry, are we at the actual craziest moment with liberals ever? But 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 just put that for one second, because <laughs> because I really do want to, want to get into that. Uh, we had two things really go down this week that I think were interesting to see play out. One was uh, was NATO, the whole NATO summit. And the other was this Peter Strzok stuff. Can we start with Strzok, actually? This yes. guy, for me, is the is the poster boy for this is why you don't want the government to have unfettered power and no oversight. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. But also, this is why um, people like Peter Strzok do need to be rooted out. Because, uh, um, I mean, it's like the horror movies you see where... Or, or, I mean, occasionally it actually happens in real life. That cop in, I think, Ohio kept killing his wives. When you ha- there's nothing scarier than a dirty cop. And, and Serpico, huge movie. Very, very scary movies. There is nothing scarier than that. Part of what law enforcement relies on um, is a certain level of trust between the, the people and the people enforcing law. I mean, that's why, although so far all of their attacks on the police <clears throat> through Black Lives Matter, have been busts. 
Um, they keep accusing police of, of racial bias, and then, you know, the video comes out or something. Um, but that's why people take it seriously. If it were true, of course this is incredibly serious. It's terrifying. We do give law enforcement an awful lot of authority, an awful lot of discretion. And to have bias like this, why, and oh my gosh, watching this hearing today, Whoa, not a lot of humility in this man. No, he's just going for Rachel is going to love this. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, it was almost like he was auditioning for MSNBC. And by the way, I, I actually believe Jeff Flake is auditioning for MSNBC. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, the, the smugness and arrogance. And I, I tweeted out, I, I didn't go into any detail on it, but... Um, a related story that came out today is that Papa John's pizza story, the CEO has resigned, and it was weird. I read the New York Times story on it, which was like two paragraphs, not much of a story, but he used a racial epithet. That's all they will say. They would not say about what race. They would not say the N-word, which you got in certain other accounts. Um, I finally found a story someplace that gave what the story was. He was responding to, um, he had apparently attacked the NFL for allowing players to kneel um, in support of Black Lives Matter, um, saying, oh, man, our sales are down 10% because people aren't watching football anymore. This was considered racially insensitive. So in May, he was having a conference call, and in the conference call, he said, and I'm not really sure what his point was, um, I think it was kind of, you know, an O'Reilly thing, I'm the only non-racist here, um, that what, what a racist country, we've, co we've come such a long way. But he said something about um, how Colonel Sanders used the N-word. He didn't say N-word, though. He said apparently what Colonel Sanders said. That's him using a racial epithet. I don't even know if what he was saying was true, if it was a hypothetical, whatever. But he was describing someone else saying it. So if we were to discuss this story, if I were to do everything I had just said to you, if instead of using the N-word, I used the word that, that the N-word stands for, I would be using the same racial epithet. It wasn't like he was calling people N-word. Right. I, by the way, I, I always say that I think that this that it's one thing to have a standard of you can't, like, you can't say certain words in certain circumstances, right? Like, I do broadcast radio. There are certain curses that you can't say. Right. But nobody can say them. This standard of not only can different people say different words, or rather some people are banned from saying certain words, uh, you also add to that, now they can't say it in any context whatsoever. Including quoting someone. Quoting. <laughs> now, the reason I mentioned that while we're talking about Strzok, and you think I went off on a wild goose chase, okay, so he has to resign over this. Because what? Because he's going to discriminate against black customers? He's not a law enforcement officer, and yet we don't have to prove. Um, well, did, did, does he discriminate when he's, when he's hiring black employees? Is he discriminating when he... When he no, no, nobody even, nobody even makes that allegation. But Strzok thinks it's a full and complete explanation of his blinding bias talking about how he can smell the Trump supporters in a Walmart and F Trump and so on and so forth. I'm sure you, your listeners have are familiar with, with, with Strzok's greatest hits. Yes, but it affected no decisions. And he gets really hot and bothered about it. We have never had that standard in discrimination law. Never. 
Yeah, it's a completely new thing. And by the way, if if you were under actual, if you were in a federal trial, I mean, I know this from what I used to work with the counterterrorism division and, and intel division in New York. I mean, if you were in a federal trial and it came out the lead investigator was like, oh, we got to nail this guy no matter what. Yes. Mistrial. Dunzo. It would be over. <laughs> there wouldn't be yes. some like, oh, well, you know, he, he said all that stuff on his official law enforcement devices about how they were going to frame this guy. But I mean, we don't think he really framed him. That is the standard they've created. <laughs> Right. No, that's why we have disparate impact law. You do not have to prove, number one, bias, and then also prove, and also, the, also prove that this led to a, a different decision. But also, I mean, the IG's report is very, it, it's almost comical the way it says, there is no testimonial or documentary evidence that this bias affected the decision. Well, oh, okay, so, so what we're waiting for is an entry in a diary saying, I know this totally goes against protocol, my mistress Lisa, but, you know, F. Trump, we do have an F. Trump in there, um, in his emails, I'm going to do something that nobody would let me get away with just because I hate him and I want to stop it. That, that's what we're expecting? Yeah, dear, dear diary, I just want to go on the record, official professional misconduct that is criminally culpable, right. the end. <laughs> that's, right. what we, that's what we actually would need. No, it is... It is but completely and utterly insane. Of this guy today, I saw somebody tweet. I I, I, I was following some of your tweets, um, though. I kept having to look away from Twitter because I realized, okay, you're reading Twitter, you're not listening to the hearing, and the hearing is really fun. Um, for one thing, the Democrats really need to get some more appealing people on the Judiciary Committee. I think it's the Judiciary Committee um, of the House. I know I'm more familiar with the Senate committees, but oh my gosh, they either have like the snarling ones, like. Um, like like um, Representative Nadler, Jerry Nadler from New York, with that those constant interruptions. Oh my gosh, they were so obnoxious. And then and then you have the Maxine Waters and the and the angry black women. Um, and the, and then you have like these gentle. I mean, Gowdy was the angriest I've ever seen him, and he's awfully gentle and gentlemanly. Um, no, I would like all Americans to see that hearing today, to see the contrast of Republicans and Democrats. And Democrats just trying, to, just raising up obnoxious objections, just shouting, point of order, point of order, point of order. Oh, my gosh. They were yeah, they, they, were like, they were like they were like model U.N. kids that that didn't have that hadn't actually done the work and were just hoping to create pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? It was pretty it was pretty crazy. <laughs> but, you know, one one other one other disparity I find so interesting is that. You know, so 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 CNN, uh, which I'm I'm unfortunately all too familiar with, although not anymore, thank God. Uh, CNN has all these people who go on air, and, and their mantra now has become, as their ratings have have been cratering, and people I think are are on to the scam. Right? MSNBC is left, Fox News is right, CNN pretends to be something else, but it's just MSNBC with less honesty. Like I don't know, I don't know why this is. The I hard always pretty- say it's MSNBC with um with more boredom. Oh yeah, no, it's a I mean, worse version of MSNBC. MSNBC is kind of crazy enough that it's fun to watch. You burst out laughing. You feel like you're watching the Onion I, TV. I network. watch. I watch MS and after Trump statements, like public statements, because it's so much more entertaining. Like yes. it's so much better. <laughs> My <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, you go to Fox. Like I know, I'm like they've got this covered. I know what all you know. Those those are my people. MSNBC. It comes on. All of a sudden, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" It's like we're being invaded by you know aliens or something. They're completely crazy. <laughs> but at CNN, they have this thing about how they're just calling out. They're just calling out the president's lies. That's all. They're they're just calling out his lies. 
And then I see these credulous, and I mean the big ones, the ones who are, you know, making all this money and Jeff Zucker loves them and everything else. They're going on TV. They're like, well, there's there's no bias in the IG report. And uh, and clearly there's no bias here with, with Strzok. Some of them have started to crack because I think it's just too silly. But how can you be the Trump truth police and then the, oh, but Strzok had no bias? Like, I, I just, you have to feign <laughs> some level of stupidity. Has it ever been sillier over there, by the way? Has CNN ever been sillier in your mind? I I think it's actually gone off the rails in a way recently that is new, like in the last year or so. I agree. I agree. Trump Trump has really has really sent the media over the edge. It's gone completely crazy. I've got people now. You know, I'm here in D.C. now, which is is oh, you are. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That sucks. Yeah, I know. The swamp is terrible. I just finished writing my book. I was planning on. I'm go- going up to New York, hanging out with my friends. You're not in New York anymore. No, I know. But we, we have the studio up there. I'm up there sometimes. We'll get you to come by for the book tour for sure. Okay. But the swamp is, in fact, swampy. And, and, and you have this <laughs> thing now of all these people running around who are, are harassing public officials. And I just can't help but notice that you know the, 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 the media apparatus that's here in D.C. is strangely okay with this whole thing. Like they're, they're like, yeah, like go up to Mitch McConnell and you know, scream that he's a fascist when he's trying to uh, you know, walk out of his front door. This, to me, is crazy. Like, wh- how, how is this able to happen without people saying that, these, that this needs to stop? Yes, I, I, I almost don't want to agree with you here because I feel fair, quite confident that this is not going to help them with ordinary people. It is not going to help with the midterms. People do not like this. Americans historically don't like disorder um, and chaos and violence in the streets. And that, that um, part of, of the left, and it is always part of the left, um, whenever it, sh- it rears its ugly head, whether it's 1968 or Ferguson, it has not turned out well electorally for the Democrats. So, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's weird. I suspect that, um, you know, people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they're not stupid, Steny Hoyer, so on and so forth. They must be thinking to themselves, oh, no, 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 please, God, please, God, don't harass another Trump another White House employee at a restaurant, a bookstore, please stop doing this. And, and no, the Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, they're to- totally down with it. Yeah, they, have, they really have no issue with it. I don't think they seem to understand how quickly that kind of harassment. I've, I've been calling it politically motivated stalking, because I, I think that's especially when they're showing up at someone's home address. They found Stephen Miller here in D.C. Yeah. waiting outside his house. Like, that's stalking. That's weird. That's not no, normal people. It's frightening, and I think people see that. This this has happened to me for years. Um, I go out of my way not to publicize it because you don't want copycats. Um, but this has happened to me quite a bit, and I I must tell you, um, people don't know how frightening it is until it happens to them or someone they're with. I mean, only the friends of mine who have been with me when something like this has happened because it's crazy behavior. You don't know what crazy people are going to do. You know, uh, just just switching gears for a moment, and, and not that crazy, not that crazy got me thinking about this, but we had uh, so so we launched this this new show here at, at the Hill, which is why I'm down in D.C. And we had Carter Page on as a guest, and I spent a lot of, not just on set but offset talking to Carter Page because I find him to be fascinating, and I find him fascinating, and because having and I, I talked to him a lot. I mean, we, we you know, now we're like uh, <laughs> exchanging text messages sometimes. I mean, I'm asking questions about different things. I mean, I really want to know what's going on here. Uh-huh. Anyone who thinks that Carter Page was the center of an international conspiracy with the Russians to help Trump win the election is either clinically insane 
or a complete <laughs> moron. And I look, you mentioned Twitter, I look around, there are people that I used to know in this business pretty well, and I think some of them you probably know even better than I do, who seem to buy into that, and I'm actually a little scared. Like, I don't understand yeah. how they can think this. No, I know, and that's why, I mean, after writing this book, I basically went through all of the... Um, all of the nexus reports on anything having to do with Trump, Russia, Strzok, all this stuff, um, and other things, from the, particularly um, from the New York Times and MSNBC and CNN over the last basically two years. Um, and I must say there are the, the New York Times... Although it is completely off the deep end, worse, I think, than it's ever been before. There are at least still some honest reporters there. Um, there are about two at the Washington Post. Um, but, yeah, you can still get your bearings if, if you see who the honest reporters are, and you will notice they are not the ones going crazy on, like, Papadopoulos and Carter Page. <laughs> It's just not a it's not a sane argument. And this is what I think. And having real exposure and talking to Carter Page is representing himself yeah. as a lawyer against Mueller and the whole probe. He's yeah. I mean, this is not no one's been talking about this. He has sat down with them for hours and hours and hours yeah. for him to do that and not have a single never mind getting guilty on it, being guilty on anything, not even a charge brought and. Yeah. He's either a criminal mastermind. He's either the most impressive <laughs> like intelligence officer in the history of the planet yeah. or he is completely and utterly innocent of anything. There's yeah. no other option. No, that's a really good point and it's it's also I mean I feel sorry for all of these people when the federal government comes after you with all the resources of the federal government and I might add the entire media egging you on um it's it's generally going to cost you a few hundred thousand dollars even if you are 100% completely innocent. This is what's so frightening about the Mueller probe. So I say more power to Carter Page saying screw it, I'm innocent, I'm not hiring a lawyer. I mean, I think that is the instinct of innocent people. I'm not going to waste $200,000 on a, on defending myself from an insane charge, but I mean, if I were his friend, I would have advised him to get, I mean, if you, even if you're a third-party witness, you got to have an attorney for these things. So what you're saying, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, he's, 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 he's the guy walking around the battlefield with nothing in his hands. He's like, who wants a piece? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I've, I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and you've got other guys, I mean, who, who you'd think are pretty savvy have gotten, have gotten jammed up. But And I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, where are we now? Where? By the way, I have... I was, I'm very honest about this, I was a somewhat reluctant Trump supporter, did vote for him. I, I got uh, bamboozled into thinking that Ted Cruz early on was a better choice. You did not get swindled into that. Uh, but I did vote for Trump. I support him all throughout the general election. With each passing month, I like Trump more and more. I <laughs> know. I'm, well, I'm still ticked off at him for not building the wall. And yet and still, the last few months, he's really been magnificent. Um, particularly the way he drives liberals crazy. Um, I think it's worth pointing out, since they're always saying, oh, he's so unpresidential in the tweeting and blah, 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 blah. Um, that introduction of Brett Kavanaugh on Monday night was absolutely the most beautiful presidential moment. There was not, I mean, for one thing, our, our last two Republican presidents couldn't talk, both Bushes. Um, they were constantly stumbling over the words. No, when Trump needs to, he always says, I can be presidential if I want to. It's boring. Um, <laughs> I didn't it was He's boring, right. But um, he was absolutely presidential. There were no, you know, off-the-cuff remarks, no, no demanding that, that Senator Warren take a DNA test in the middle of it. It was done beautifully. It was a great send-off. 
um, or introduction, whatever you call it. Um, um, Brett Kavanaugh was fantastic, but I was really struck by how well-spoken and and what a beautiful speech it was Trump gave, and utterly, shockingly presidential. Then he goes out and gives, I guess, the last rally was in Montana. And, and like all of his rallies, well, almost all of them, there were a few times when he was praising, um, what's his name, that guy Cohen from... from uh, um, from Goldman Sachs, Gary Cohn, um, when I get a little ticked off at him at the rallies. But no, the Montana rallies, now that he's in election mode, we're back to the fantastic Trump rallies. And they're just hilarious. You laugh the whole time. Yeah, his, his rallies are the most, I mean, it is the most incredible political spectacle of all time. I mean, I've never seen any, anything like it. I think that's been pretty clear. And, and I just, I also wanted to throw out there, you know, we're talking about um, his introducing Kavanaugh. The stuff that the media is coming, I mean, the derangement syndrome around Trump is such now that I think it has kind of, it is now uh, through osmosis passing into other issues. Yeah. They're they're running oppo pieces on Kavanaugh about how he likes, he he buys baseball tickets on credit cards, which he pays off and was in a fraternity in college where they drank beer. (laughs) I mean, look, you you know these people, Ed, like, do they sit in editorial meetings and they say, we... We got him now. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I know. No, I know. The social justice warriors have really, they're doing all the deep thinking for the left these days, and I don't think that's going to turn out well. Um, I mean, midterm elections are usually very bad for, for the party in, in power. Um, I'm thinking it's not going to be so bad unless, as I say, the leaders of the Democratic Party, it's got to be driving them crazy. Um, Even Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Steny Hoyer, um, people like Obama and Biden, they just have to be sitting back thinking, what kind of monster have we created? We've got to get them to stop. (laughs) What's the one thing um, that you would want Trump between now and the midterm to to focus on, whether it's rhetorically or in terms of pushing? I mean, Congress isn't going to do anything between now and we know that. Right. But so what what do you want Trump to be hammering? He should start the wall. He does not need Congress for it. That's really starting to annoy me, this, this excuse. And the, I guess the omnibus, the next omnibus bill comes up in September, and I don't want another disaster um, where he decides he's, he's not going to read it and just sign it because he wants to spend the weekend in Mar-a-Lago. That was a really low moment yeah, in the Trump mu- presidency. Much to some of the, uh, the, the chagrin of some of your detractors, Anne, I, I know you're, you're a, a, a practiced lawyer and have constitutional chops, too. Just tell us how... how... The, the law can be built, I mean, the wall can be built how? What is he, how, how does that mechanism get it get going? Well, he's, the Constitution makes him the commander-in-chief. His primary duty isn't to be building walls in Syria or bombing Syria or, or droning <laughs> wedding parties. His primary duty is to defend the borders of the United States of America. The military, historically, up until we started becoming the world's policemen, um, what they did was build walls, build barriers, build forts along our border. The entire Homeland Security Department and the entire Department of Defense are at his disposal um, to start building the wall. And I'm, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court, other than the four um, lunatics who are utterly result-oriented, are going to rule against Trump no matter what he does, you know, and, you know issue a presidential proclamation honoring mothers. Um, no, no, this is unconstitutional, Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg will say. Um, 
But but the Supreme Court is going to have to say, yeah, he's the president. You 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 can't stop him. Now it would be if Republicans had half a brain, they would try to get the Democrats on the record voting against the wall before the midterm elections, voting against getting rid of diversity visas. These are very popular issues, but Republicans are idiots and. Most of them are. Um, and all they care about is what do the Koch brothers want? What do my donors want? Oh, I need money. I need money. I need money. I would think, and I've been screaming this from the rooftops forever, I would think it has finally been proved by Donald Trump you don't need money. You need popular ideas. Yeah, you don't even need a campaign, really. You right? just need somebody who actually says that. things people want to, want to hear. We, by the way, before we let you go, we, I think we can dispense with the NATO thing by just saying, well, at least here, here's my take, and you can add to it whatever you want. Doesn't really matter, and nothing's going to change. <laughs> That's probably right, though. I wish he'd pull out. He's totally right about NATO. Oh, so you, you actually want him to just get, I, I feel like it's just going to be status quo. You think it would be good if he was just like, you know what, we're done with this. I think he's probably, I think you are probably right. It will remain status quo because he seems to move very slowly. But I think he's doing the right thing, getting, just bashing NATO, raising how, how it's unfair, um, and slowly getting people used to the idea this is an utterly useless organization. It was formed in response to the Warsaw Pact when the Soviet Union was up and, and running. The Warsaw Pact has been gone for, what, 30 years now? We're defending little Montenegro from Russia? Oh, give me a break. Why don't we, why don't we go back to, uh, you know, I don't know, wars with the Indians? Yeah, we, well, we're you got NATO in Afghanistan right now, which is something that somebody else is going to have to explain for another day. By the way, right. we're not going to win. We're not going to win that war either. Uh, and when's your book coming out? August twenty first. August right 20, before re- Labor Day. Are you going to be in Washington then? Maybe I'll come down uh, and do your podcast. Washington, or I mean, I'm back and forth, Washington or New York. So just let me know. We obviously want to have you on for the book. And, oh, you're uh, going to love it. I, I I actually believe that I will, <laughs> so I'm excited for it. Uh, and thank you so much for joining. Have a have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Good to talk to you, Buck. Bye bye. You bye bye. Man, Anne is so much fun. She really is. Great, great times. All right, it's time for it, everybody. Prepare for a special Kremlin announcement from Comrade Kami Bear. Uh-oh, wait for it, wait for it, going to drop this like is hot. Boom! Greetings, imperialist hyenas. Time to rock out with you, my long-lost capitalist brothers from different furry mothers. And of course, Americansky ladies. You know Kamibar sends you mad love from Kremlin, always. Okay, okay, for real. How are things going, giant imperialist latrine of impression? Uh, the United States of Lazy Capitalist Pig. From what Kami Bear see, your foolish media, led by the imbecilic CNN, is doing a great job making you into a miserable socialist hellhole. Please, you think number one home slice Putin collude with Trump campaign? This Mueller probe is about as serious as Uncle Yuri saying he'll give up vodka. Don't be full of crazy. The only election that Hillary would have ever won is for most unpleasant personality and smell in Siberia. And I see Comrade Hillary is thinking about running for third time. This will go over as well as selling women's laser, uh, women's leg razor in Leningrad. For real, they have legs like woolly mammoth. Then again, so does Hillary. 
Oh man, time to pack it in for today. Don't want to make wimpy Americans cry. It's all good. Your media is melting down like number 137 uranium reactor. Just give it time, exploitative hyena. Soon your Democrat comrade will stop America from being great again to make America wait again. In line for bread and toilet paper because of shortage. Nazdorovia, you crazy capitalist clowns. Commie bear, over and out. All right, that's going to be it for this week's uh, Freedom Hut podcast, folks. Please do share it with friends. Next week, we'll have a great interview. Not sure who it'll be. It'll be phenomenal. And maybe we'll do another writing history episode. We've got all kinds of fun ideas. Uh, please subscribe. Spread the word. Send me your thoughts and ideas. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton or officialteambuck at gmail.com. See you next week. And, of course, it's all in the reflexes. <laughs>